Ready. Hey, we're in. How's it going? You ready? I'm ready. Well, so this is day three um, discussion on divorce and remarriage. And today we are going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So, um, man, I, we need to take it on. We need to look at this because there's a lot there and um, a lot of discussion about what Paul's getting at. So I'm glad that you're here because um, this is an area that I'm going to let you kind of help <laughs> walk through and talk about, and then we'll go back and forth on. But you want to get us started? And Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we looked at Jesus's words and adultery, pornea, cause for divorce, the exception clause there. So now we're looking at Paul and the question of abandonment and whether abuse fits. And so before we dig into the text, let's go ahead and open in the Lord's Prayer. Uh, join me if you will. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So right. uh, I want to ask you this question to start off. Um, on this very special episode of OTXNT, by the way, um, you could like, subscribe, thumbs up if you want. If you're listening, you can't see my thumbs. Who cares? Just continue listening. Um, but here's the thing. What, what do you think? What are people meaning when they say, do you think Jesus and Paul are at odds when it comes to the divorce and remarriage question? Because I, I don't, maybe I don't understand kind of the argument that people are trying to, can you kind of fill us in why people would say that they think that Jesus and Paul are at odds? Yeah, I think it's because... Uh, Jesus seems to give you only one ground for divorce, and that is adultery or sexual immorality. We, we discussed kind of the, the options there. Uh, and so Paul then goes on to kind of apply the words of Jesus in the, in the church, which, of course, Jesus had not fully established yet. And so he's working and operating in, in a little bit of the old covenant and foreshadowing what the new covenant will look like. And Paul is addressing the actual church. And so when Paul seems to indicate abandonment as a grounds for divorce that um, seems to run past uh, Jesus. And so they are saying, well, you know, if we take them both very rigidly, Paul and Jesus, that they must be um, contradicting each other or um, Paul going beyond Christ. And then so the temptation is to say, well, there are contradictions. So either they weren't being as exclusive, exclusive as we think they were, um, and then you open the can to divorce, maybe going back to the old covenant, um, or it's a free for all. <laughs> yeah. Or you, you can see do um, contradiction, contradiction in the Bible. And I, I don't like that. And I, I do think a lot of people don't struggle with reconciling Jesus's words with Paul. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just something, I guess, since that's not my frame of reference is to think of that they are, but I, I always feel like what Paul's doing here is Paul is dealing with Christians who are being like special scenarios, right? Like you'd said, yeah. the church hasn't been established yet. He's dealing with a special scenario. So I, I really feel like if we're going to do this one right, I think let's just kind of walk through it um, and let's kind of explain it because there's a lot of different opinions on this. So let's just look at what the text says. Let's read through it. And then let's, let's kind of go back and forth on it. Um, where do you want to start as we look at it? Should we start in, in eight? First uh, Corinthians seven verse eight, or should we go jump to to ten? What do you think? Yeah, I think we should start at eight. I, I think that's good. I what translation you want to work out of? I got ninety five minutes to be up. <laughs> what are you? Let's using? do the CSB. We'll we'll do the 
the Full Southern Baptist Bible. Yeah. Why not? I don't know what this one says. Now I'm nervous. I know what it says. I've been talking with you prior to it. It's it's working together. It's got it. All right. So how about you read these two verses and then we'll jump in. All right. So I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it's good for them if they remain as I am. Uh, But if they do not have self-control, they should marry since it's better to marry than to burn with desire. Okay. So simple, kind of right across. It appears that what he's talking about is to unmarried people and to widows, right? And that, um, you know, that those two are allowed to marry. And it's better if they do, especially if they're burning with desire. And I assume that's, we're talking about sexual desire, correct? Well, and actually the, the Greek just says burning. And so there is an argument that this is hellfire, that, that this could be one of those sins that result in going to hell. Um, but most uh, argue that that illustration of burning is burning passion. And so most even English translations will fill in. Because um, we're talking really, about self-control, right? They, right? They've got some issues. They realize that they, they've, they still have needs and they need to do something about it. Right, right. And, and again, this passage is, is just full of decisions that must be made. And I think some of that's because it's such a difficult teaching that, that there's a lot of efforts made to try to either sidestep it or really try to see if there's any room here uh, beyond what Paul seems to indicate. And, and one of the first issues you see is the word unmarried. So you're going to see that Paul uses the word virgins, he uses the word widows, and he uses the word unmarried. And he'll talk to men and he'll talk to women. And so unmarried in verse eight uh, can indicate widower. And so uh, it's in the masculine, it's in plural, um, but it it can also just mean unmarried, broadly uh, speaking. And so because of that, there's a debate here. Some translations will use widower because it seems like Paul will contradict the opportunity to remarry if he's saying, hey, go ahead and get married here if you're afraid of burning with passion. Then he restricts remarriage all throughout the passage. And so uh, widower may be what he intends here. It is uh, uh, the proper Greek term for widower is not used in the New Testament. It may not have been common in Koine. Uh, Greek, but um, this could mean widower, or if it means unmarried, we just have to recognize that if you're unmarried, you can remarry in order not to burn with passion, unless you're restricted for remarriage by Jesus or by Paul. And so he'll go further than and uh, kind of explain how this looks for the believer. So, All right, fair enough. So you think that that unmarried, I mean, obviously it could mean widower, but that unmarried could include those who have never married or those who are unmarried currently and are permitted to remarry if it falls within what Jesus or Paul has said is allowed. Yeah, and and I'm personally persuaded by widower here, and that is because singling out widows just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Widows are clearly unmarried, especially if we get to the end of the passage. And so some would translate this unmarried, especially widows, and so that's who he's got in view primarily, or even widows, Um, but it seems redundant uh, and so in my mind, widower seems to fit best. That helps preserve the argument. But we don't have to go there because this. That's another one, because then that leads into another video sometime that I need someone like you to be like, was Paul a widower, right? Was that what he's talking about? Is that what he's saying is not be like me? You know, I'm a widower right. and I'm still. So that's another conversation. Let's keep it rolling, though. I'll have you back on my own personal time to talk <laughs> about that. So. All right, so what's the next set of verses then? Let's start All walking right. through it. Let's go through verse 12. I'll read uh, 10 through 12. Uh, okay. 
To the married, I give this command, not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to leave her husband, but if she does leave, she must remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband is not to divorce his wife. But I, not the Lord, say to the rest, if any brother has an unbelieving wife and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. Uh, let me go through 13. Also, if any woman has an unbelieving husband and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce her husband. Okay. So let's kind of take that apart then, right? So um, the basic part, right, is that we're looking. And so before, I want to make a jump really quickly because I know our discussion is going to be on 10 and 11. But 12 and 13, if I'm not mistaken, seems to be this scenario that you're, you're, uh, you got saved, you were both unbelievers, you got saved, and this is early in the life of the church, right? You got somebody comes to know the Lord, the other believer, the, the, the unsaved individual says, I don't know you anymore, uh, you're one of these crazy Jesus people, I'm done with you, walks away, abandons them. Is that, that seems to be what's at, in view in 12 and 13, correct? Right, right. So abandonment by um, a a unbeliever, not you have married an unbeliever, which is already, Paul has already dealt with that. That's, I mean, or, or will deal with that, that we have no part in doing that, um, but that you've been abandoned. And that's, that's, you know, we're not, she got to let that go if she's willing to uh, just, you know, let it go. But it's right. not her fault. This person's going to walk out on them. Right. And, and, and so what you see here too, is people that are pushing uh, Paul and Jesus against each other. Uh, when you see this, this command is not from me, but from Jesus, from, from the Lord. He's probably dealing with a Jesus tradition, maybe something written in the Gospel of Mark, perhaps, that Jesus spoke about this, that a wife is not to leave her husband. And if she does leave, she must be unmarried and be reconciled or be reconciled to her husband. That, that Paul is saying that this is what Jesus said. Hmm. And so then I'm expanding this as well. If any brother has an unbelieving wife and she chooses to stay with him, he must not divorce her and vice versa. And so Jesus' uh, tradition, as far as Paul understands, is that the wife must not leave her, leave her husband, uh, that the, the husband, like reciprocity would be there as well, that the husband should stay with his wife, that we should not get divorced is what Paul's saying. Yet, if you find yourself left, and uh, he targets the woman here, and I think this is interesting, if you find yourself separated, if, if this has occurred, uh, maybe by your part or by your husband's part, at the time that you're receiving this from Paul, if you have found yourself um, separated, then you must remain unmarried. And this is targeting the woman or be reconciled to your husband, that this is what okay. Jesus understands. And so Paul attributes this abandonment scenario even to Jesus and the husband must not divorce his wife. So that's what Paul um, sees here. And so I think that this is important because we do have that abandonment issue, but it is conceived of as a Christian being abandoned by their unbelieving spouse. Okay. And it focuses on the woman here. And in that context, Paul says, if you found yourself here, one, um, if you're the believer and you're still married, you should try not to end up separated, you know, and you should initiate that process. But if you find yourself separated, remain unmarried and hope for reconciliation. And so this is the first abandonment issue that we see. And I do think, I don't know if it's a little preemptive here, but I do think we have room for abuse in this verse. Okay. Well, and, yeah. Let me ask you about abandonment though. Okay. Cause the context seems pretty clear. This is a, an unbeliever is going to abandon 
the believer. Okay. So whether that is abandoned in the sense that he's just left and showed up, not coming back, or he's just said, I'm done, I'm divorcing you. Um, I have read, and when you start to get into this, it does appear that commentators sometimes just take that abandonment to be across the board, somebody abandoning another Christian. Um, I, I wonder if it's too broad to say uh, that abandonment is also someone just says, I'm done with you, I'm leaving you, and I'm walking out. Uh, is that considered abandonment when it's done by, is that considered abandonment, do you believe, when it's done by two Christians, um, which shouldn't be taking place at all? It should not be taking place, um, but you have no choice. They're leaving you, or is that kind of go back to what Jesus has already said in Matthew 5, which is, you know, that you're causing that person to become an adulterer, and it's on you, essentially, is what he says, is because you're divorcing, you're committing adultery when you remarry, and you're causing that person to commit adultery if they remarry, so uh, that's kind of how I've read that in Matthew 5, but that's the thing I kind of look at is we use abandonment, but what do we mean by abandonment in that, in terms of that passage? Yeah, and I think that Paul initiates it and then comes back. And so we have to recognize again that he's saying that this is Jesus's words, not mine. And then I'm going to extend this to the church and how it's practiced in the church. Because in Jesus's time, he's not addressing unbelievers or believers. He's just addressing people. Uh, this is how God essentially intended marriage. And so he's saying, um, I give this command, not I, but the Lord, a wife is not to leave her husband. But if she does leave, and I believe that's actually in the passive or finds herself uh, left, um, <laughs> then uh, she must remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And the husband should not divorce his wife. And notice again that some of this reflects the, the time of the day where it was not, especially in Jewish law, the woman's call to divorce her husband. She usually mm -hmm. was acted upon in this uh, regard. And so, yeah. um, so the husband, you don't divorce your wife. And wives, if you found yourself in a state of separation, remain unmarried and hope for reconciliation. And so as a believer, whatever end of this you're on, follow Jesus's instructions. We may want to just go ahead and read verses 14 through 16. Let's do it. So that we can then uh, address the second part of this. You want to go for that? Sure. For 14 says, for the unbelieving husband is made holy by the wife. The unbelieving wife is made holy by the husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean, but as it is, they're holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let him leave. A brother or sister is not bound in such cases. God has called you to live in peace. Wife, for all you know, you might save your husband. Husband, for all you know, you might save your wife. So, so. <laughs> how do you tie that in? I mean, obviously, it's pretty clear, right, is an unbeliever walks out on a believer. Right. And so in, in that context, you are, and I, I look at this again, it's, it's, it's like being notified of something that has been accomplished. It, it doesn't always take two for divorce, especially in antiquity. And so if you've found yourself divorced, then you can consent to that divorce uh, if your unbelieving spouse has divorced you or abandoned yeah. you, which sometimes they don't go through the, the legal process of divorce, which, you know, that was the big question for Moses is you needed to give them a certificate of divorce so that they had that document. Yeah. Um, but if you found yourself divorced or abandoned, even without an official divorce, your goal is to um, live in peace um, you don't have to continue to, to push to reconcile this. You, you may essentially um, consent to be divorced. That, that's okay. how I, I view this. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's helpful. I think that's, 
that's a good reminder. Once again, I think we are dealing with non-believers walking out on or divorcing believers. Now, I mean, I do have to say this, that for a, I have very, I might get in trouble for this, but it's okay. I, I find it very difficult to believe that a Christian who's trying to live according to what Jesus has said could be able to walk out on his family um, and be willing to divorce with no sense or no chance or no desire for any reconciliation. Um, so that, I mean, I, I, but I know that can get you to start gritting the gray areas. Well, they're not a Christian anyway, so I feel okay. You know, like I'm yeah. just going to start calling them non-believers because they're acting like it. Well, and that's, again, Jesus says, do not divorce your wife, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, and wives, if you found yourself uh, divorced or separated, remain unmarried and hope for reconciliation. That's, so there's your answer. You know, if it's a Christian or unchristian, your, your answer is the same. Um, if you're a Christian, don't initiate divorce. Yeah. And if you've been divorced, you don't have to necessarily pr pursue reconciliation, but I do think you still fall under Jesus's words of remain unmarried. Um, and so that's because you're trying to be open to God reconciling this. And the word peace here is used, which I do wonder if it's a, some, some sort of connection to shalom and the idea of being whole, that you've been yeah. brought together as a unit and it is um, live in peace, you know. Um, but the goal of the unbelieving or the believing spouse is salvation of their spouse and of their children. And we, I don't want to get bogged down on the uh, sanctification of one and the other and the, yeah. the, the holiness of children on this, but it's an interesting discussion to have. Uh, so again, I, I, abandonment then is an issue here. And we have to recognize Jesus says, don't get divorced. Yeah. Paul is not telling a believer to get divorced. Paul is telling a believer, you can consent to receive divorce from an unbelieving spouse. It's not even your call usually yeah so there's no contradiction between paul and jesus here jesus is answering is there grounds that i may divorce my wife and his answer is except for the cause of porneo whatever that is no there is no grounds and paul's saying there's no real grounds for you to pursue divorce but if you're being divorced or you've been divorced you don't have to somehow fight that uh, aggressively because you're, you're free you're not bound for yeah. that and so he's not necessarily addressing something that Jesus even addressed at all. He's, he's taking something further for the church. So uh, regardless, the, yeah. so before we get to the abuse piece, what do you think about the remarriage of those? Or should we save that for next time on the remarriage well, of that? Um, let's maybe save that depending on time, if we're going to yeah. march through this. Because uh, I think but, that's a lot to say, because there's a lot of scenarios of what is permitted and what's not. But yeah. all right, then go back to the abuse section. Then well, why do you see abuse here? Let me just say one thing um, before, and, and that is that uh, just because there's an exception doesn't mean that remarriage then is is the conclusion. A an exception to divorce does not assume that the there's no tie to marriage. And, and just um, the, the word here that you're no longer bound uh, is uh, doulos or doulon, which is kind of the uh, verb form of, of slave. You're no longer entrapped in this marriage, but if you go down to the end where he makes his final conclusions, he says a wife is bound as long as her husband is living, but her husband dies, she is free to remarry. Um, and, and so you're, that word, though, is not the same word. That word is Dane, which is uh, a different word. So Paul is saying that you're free from pursuing reconciliation here, but you're not necessarily free from that union that took place. Uh, what you know, Jesus says, what God has joined together, let no man tear asunder. So that, that is important to recognize because in your translation, you may not always recognize that Paul's using different terminology here to, mm -hmm. to discuss what you're free from. 
All right, so then abuse. So my view is that uh, the New Testament does not directly address the issue of you finding yourself in an abusive relationship with regards to marriage. But um, there are passages in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy uh, of not um, uh, dealing with your wife with brutality. And there is uh, ideas that if you're not taking care of your wife, that she might be free to go and, and things in the Old Covenant. Uh, the New Testament, I think, is addressing space for finding yourself uh, separated. And so I think that the space here is in verse 11, uh, where, where Jesus' commands are being worked out in, in Paul. And he says, if, if she does leave, that's, it's kind of in the active voice here. Uh, again, um, let me just pull this up in the... But if she does leave, now this is a passive subjunctive and so I'm not sure that I like the idea of her actively leaving. I like the uh, translation here of it, it's something that's occurred to you. That's what passive is. So if she has found herself left is how I would, uh, would translate this. And I do think there's translations that go in that direction. She must remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. So in my view here, Paul's recognizing there are occurrences where a wife in particular is found separated from her from her husband, mm -hmm. and I think that this would be kind of understood with the Old Testament and not treating your wife with brutality. That the idea is that there is space here to separate or find yourself separated as a cause of abuse. Yeah. And now this is not. I don't think Paul's directly addressing abuse, but I think you have room here to see abuse as one of the ways that a woman has found herself left. The other is abandonment. And he works that one out in verse 15. But um, abuse would be definitely grounds, especially in our society today, there are laws at place. Uh, and I would say, you know, there's um, working things out theologically and church discipline, and then there's crimes and law. And so in today's world, you might find yourself legally separated from your husband, restraining orders in place. Uh, and in such a case, you're going to deal between you and Jesus the right way. And that is remain unmarried and hope that reconciliation could possibly occur. Um, but not necessarily actively pursuing reconciliation. You're just there in case God is able to, to do a work. Um, and this would go to the picture of marriage we talked about last time about how holy and sacred that union is. Mm -hmm. So I, I think there's room for abuse to be here that there could be a grounds for separation to occur. It might be out of your control or maybe for the sake of protecting yourself or your kids. Uh, or maybe someone calls this in because uh, a wife often that's being abused uh, is really entrapped in this psychologically as well as physically, that the law steps in and they are removed from the situation. That, yeah. That's okay. You can find yourself in a separated position and that is okay. Your recourse as a Christian is to live unmarried and then if God will do a work, be open to reconciliation. And I think even that idea today is controversial because how do you know that an abusive husband isn't going to be abusive again, right? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I'll just- Well, I mean, so Mike, I, I think that actually fits, right? I think that fits in line with what you and I were talking about is like Exodus uh, 21, where you begin to see kind of the way that the man was supposed to take care of his wife, um, things like that. I, I think that that makes sure that if she's being dealt with treacherously is the words, uh, but, but I also- I wonder if just 10 and 11 are simply saying what Jesus said in Matthew 5, right? Which is, look, you're going to do it, um, and you're going to because of the hardness of our hearts, Matthew 19, right, uh, is 
you can do that, but recognize that your options are not to go out and to remarry anybody you please. Uh, really, the option is is reconciliation towards your husband. Uh, and so, I, you know, I, so I think the abuse thing falls there for sure. Um, and um, uh, but I also wonder if you know, if regardless, we're just saying that um, you know the goal is. You know, reconciliation should always be what we want to see, and you're permitted to divorce. But what we get into when we talk about next time, the idea of what's actually permitted to remarry, uh, right? Like I'm not in sin if I have to leave, if I have to separate because of right. what's taken place. That's not the issue. The issue is really what comes afterwards uh, to do with that. So I think that's there. One place that I want to push back, and it's not against that, because I think you can make a case for that. But as you and I were talking to prior before, Wayne Grudem, who you and I both respect a lot, um, Wayne found in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, 15, or 1 Corinthians 7, 15 writes, but if an uh, unbeliever leaves, let him leave. A brother and sister is not bound in such cases. And his thought is when it says in such cases, that that can kind of be a lot broader uh, and kind of doing what, well, I'll just use his words, that he says un, in such cases should be understood as include any cases that similarly destroy a marriage. Uh, and so that abuse would be found in that case, right? My only, my only problem with that um, is putting that or maybe understanding that there is, I wonder if once again, we get into dangerous territory of people just interpreting in such cases to be whatever they think should be there. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, what we see here is the actions of an unbeliever, such cases where they would leave. And so I, I would say, okay, they might leave for any number of reasons. They may not just leave because you're a Christian. They may leave because they just don't like you. It's, it's the Jewish thing Jesus is dealing with. Can I get a divorce for any cause? If you're divorced for any cause, any such case, you don't have to push reconciliation, fight it in court. You, you can consent to be divorced, essentially, is what's going on here. And so, you know, again, my, my view then, what we see here, especially if you do take the translation here where it's active, a wife shouldn't leave her husband. But if she does, she should remain unmarried. And so the, the idea here is that um, she shouldn't do it. But if she does, and so if she chooses to do this, um, then her attitude, again, is, is towards restoration. And so I would try to think of a reason that that Paul says he doesn't condemn her for leaving. He says, you know, generally you shouldn't do it, but if, if you do do it, or if you're left, um, you know, pursue reconciliation. I think that there's more room there. Such cases for me is not dealing with the actions of the believer. And, and for me, that's the big concern here. Paul's, Paul's order is that a believer's mind is always towards preservation or restoration of marriage or don't get married at all. Yeah, and and so that is the attitude. And even if I find myself in an abusive situation, and there are husbands that endure abuse, or a husband who's trying to protect children who are abused by their wives, I may do certain things in order to protect and preserve my family. That might be a such case where there's a separation that takes place. But my attitude would always be as a believer to try to find restoration, reconciliation, and to preserve the marriage because the picture is too wonderful to just cast aside. Yeah. And, and so that's my problem with the such cases here is that it, a brother or sister is not bound in such cases. So if you're left, you're not bound in such cases of being left. Um, I, I don't really see that it opens the door 
for the believer to pursue um, divorce. Yeah. Uh, so I don't see the believer pursuing divorce at all in this context. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think regardless what needs to be said is when you compare Jesus's teachings, Matthew 5, Matthew 19, uh, 1 Corinthians 7 here, is the, the understanding should be that this is meant to stay together. And if it comes apart, the goal and hope is that it could come back together, right? Now, some of you might, you know, someone might watch and say, well, I never want it to come back together, right? And now, but that's the problem, right? Is that God's intention and his desire is for reconciliation. And so, I mean, what that does, I guess, is makes you pray a lot harder. That if you find yourself in a situation like that, that your desire would be that they would come around. Um, and, and that's your desire for their soul. I mean, that's that's what we get to is the, the, the goal is to sanctify them. But now look at, again, verse, verse 11 is really key here. Remain unmarried or be reconciled. He does not order reconciliation. Uh, again, so if the spouse comes around and says, let's get back together, you're not necessarily ordered or obligated to get back together. You can remain unmarried. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't really flesh that out, but that might also be that situation again, where abuse would be a good factor here. Um, so-and-so has turned a new yeah. leaf and he wants to get back together. You don't have to do that, but you need to be remained, remain unmarried because that way you are able to remarry if it did turn about where, where God could work that out in your heart and your spouses. So I think this tees things up perfectly to one more time, because right now I feel like the tension is at a point of like, <laughs> okay, well, well, crud, what, what, what about all those other people that if they've got their desires, they're burning, you know, what about all those others that are going to be like that? What does the Bible say? And I think we really got to deal with that yeah. next time of an yeah. understanding of, okay, well, so what does the Bible actually say then about remarriage? Who can remarry? What do you do if you have been divorced and you are currently remarried? Um, all of that, what is going on? I've got this, this fly. I feel like those of you have watched those debates on TV and there's always the fly that comes in the guy's lip. Um, I feel like that's what's been happening here. Um, but yeah, I think that it'll be great for us to kind of finish that up and talk about what do you do if you have been? What do you do if you currently are? What do you do if you're in the process? Uh, I think we need to talk about what is Jesus' views of remarriage. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, that's that's helpful, man. This was a good conversation. I feel, I actually legitimately feel like you have shown me some good things walking through First uh, Corinthians 7 today. I appreciate that. Well, I hope that, it's been helpful to others. Yeah, hopefully. And again, people might disagree with us on a number of these points, but I, I don't really think that there's so much open ground here that you can just choose whatever you want. I think Paul's pretty restrictive. I think Jesus is very restrictive. I don't really believe in a Pauline privilege where he's going past Jesus. He's just exercising discernment in the church of if you find yourself divorced, if you find yourself separated, this is how a Christian should act. And Jesus just didn't address that. Um, but it's no, he doesn't go further than, than Jesus did. Yeah, and, but the crux is in remarriage, and I think that that's that's going to be where that that's where this thing really uh, opens up. So, well, then let's deal with that next time. You want me to do our blessing and be done? Let's do it. All right, man. Here's what it says: May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Guys, thanks for watching. And uh, like I said, if you have questions, if you want to interact with us, uh, comment shoot us an email. We'd love to hear from you. 
But uh, thanks for spending some time and listening with us. Goodbye. Right, God bless everyone. See ya.